Welcome, and thank you for joining us for the City Baptist Church Podcast. We would love to have you join us for a service in person. You can find all the information you need on our website at citybaptist.church. But I believe it's important, like anything, that we start our year as a church family um, with the Word of God. Wouldn't you agree with that? That's where we need to start. That's where we need to be firmly founded and grounded and uh, where we need to be uh, connected in as we start this year of 2022 together. So we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 5 in just a moment. But uh, welcome to Vision Sunday, and it's always a great time at the beginning of a year to set uh, a little bit of time aside together to uh, be encouraged in our walk with God, of course, but as well as a church family, look forward to a year that I believe is full of potential. And that's one of the great things about New Year's is that it's a, a year ahead that is just the potential is really unlimited, you know? Uh, if we were to say, if we were to go back two years ago and say, you're never going to believe what's going to happen over the next two years, uh, you know, it's, it's unlimited as, the, as what might happen. Uh, you would be, well, I don't know about that, but then look at it. It actually happened. So we look at 2022 as a year ahead of us with unlimited potential. And besides all of the craziness and all of the distractions of the past couple of years, I certainly think it's a year ahead of potential for the things of God. And as a church family, I'm excited about going through this year of 2022. And as your pastor, I'm full of faith that we're going to experience something that we've never experienced before as a church family. And so that's why I want us, though, to begin in Hebrews chapter 5 today uh, with an encouragement for us as we head to the year Together. Now, Hebrews chapter 5 is an interesting book, or Hebrews itself is an interesting book. It's a book that's written to Jewish believers. And quite honestly, these Jewish believers that the writer was speaking to were in danger of something that I hope that no Christian ever finds himself in. And they were in danger of actually giving up on their faith. These were Jews that had turned from Judaism, that had turned completely now to Christ. And now, at, during this really critical part of the first century, they were experiencing adversity like they had never experienced before. Uh, they were uh, believers who had accepted, of course, uh, that Christ as their Savior. I don't, I don't doubt their salvation in any way at all. But they were going through a bit of a struggle as the adversity was coming and challenges were on their way that they were wondering if maybe it would just be easier if we went back to Judaism. Uh, maybe it would just be a little bit easier if we went back to just following the rules. You know, it's really easy to just follow the rules rather than recognizing and committing to the fact that Jesus was the complete fulfillment of their Judaism. In fact, he was the complete fulfillment of the law as well. And so for many of them, they were trying to live sort of a double life. They were trying to blend uh, their new faith that's in Jesus Christ as well. They were trying to blend it with some familiar aspects of their past uh, religion, which of course was Judaism. Now, for the writer of Hebrews, this dichotomy that they were in, he addressed head on, especially here where we're going to be in chapter 5 and then into uh, verse uh, chapter number 6, as he spoke specifically to those Christian Jews that were struggling in this area. They were struggling, like I mentioned, with Jesus or recognizing that he completely had fulfilled the law. He had fulfilled all of their religious past, and they could completely and totally now trust in him. Now, for many of us here today, you probably can't, you maybe can't necessarily relate to that. You can't really maybe relate to uh, what it would be like to come out of a, a, a law and legalistic type of religion like Judaism, but I think all of us can relate to the struggle that we often go through with finding our complete confidence in Jesus Christ. Maybe you can relate to that. 
You may not relate what it's like to uh, be drawn back to a, a, a certain type of, um, of religion, but you definitely know what it's like to struggle in finding complete confidence in Jesus Christ. It can be a challenge sometimes, can it, as Christians, to leave behind our old way of thinking, can't it? It can be hard sometimes as believers to uh, live without allowing the noise and the chaos of this world to affect our relationship with Christ and even affect our spiritual thought processes. And just as it was critical for those Jews back in that day, it is also critical for us as a young church family that has been through a lot of transition the last couple of years, it is important for us to make sure that Jesus Christ is our ultimate goal. That our relationship with God uh, and a spirit-filled mindset is what we are pursuing. This was the heart behind the writer of the book of Hebrews. And so what he does is in a very calculated and a very meticulous way, he addresses the challenges that they were facing. And as we come to our passage this morning in Hebrews 5, what I want us to see is that we're going to see a solution for those that may be struggling in their faith. We're going to find a solution today in this passage for those, uh, maybe you're like me, this is kind of where I've been a little bit over the last few weeks struggling to find a direction for moving forward in my own personal walk with God and my own personal faith in Jesus Christ. This is a message I believe that is something that we all can learn from, and particularly, I think, for us as a church family, as we look to make 2022 a year of moving forward for the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to begin in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 11 here in a moment, and our attention is drawn to, I believe, quite possibly the root of all of the struggles that these believers are facing. And the root of the struggle, I'm going to give it to you right up front, the root of the struggle that they were having was around the idea of spiritual maturity. This was sort of the root of their struggles. It had to do with their maturity in Jesus Christ. Now, church, I just want to tell you at the beginning today that the concepts that we are going to study in this passage are concepts that can be understood by a growing, spirit-filled Christian. But I also want to tell you this morning that these concepts are also truths that could possibly be rejected if you're stagnant or you're resistant in your faith. And so what I want to ask of you this morning is that all of us would calm our hearts before the Lord. And I want to encourage you, do not be casual in engaging in the message this morning. In fact, I want to ask you today to be very intentional about your listening to be very intentional and measured and alert to the Word of God because I believe this passage has the potential to clarify your path for the year ahead. So here in Hebrews 5.11, the writer begins this transformative message, and he begins it, as so often we see in Scripture, with a warning, first of all. We see that so often in Scripture. There's a warning, and then there's an encouragement. And so it's the same pattern is going to be followed here. And the warning that he gives to us follows a very lengthy section on the importance of Jesus Christ as our high priest. And how, as our high priest, and if you're unfamiliar with that concept in Scripture, I would encourage you to understand that, but as our high priest, Jesus himself is the one that we can go to directly. Uh, he is the mediator between God and man, as Scripture tells us. As well, we understand that he is the one who is acquainted with our sorrows. He knows what we are facing. He knows what you're going through. He suffered in that way, and he understands it. And so because of that, because he is our high priest, chapter 4 and verse 16 says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace so that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now listen, this is the truth that is being taught to these Hebrew believers that are on the edge of returning to their old ways. And it's the same issues that were challenging their forward momentum. 
So what happens in this passage is that right in the middle of the author encouraging us to know that uh, Jesus is our high priest, that we can go to him in prayer, that we can boldly come before him, he sort of takes a sidestep or a detour to address the root issues of maturity with these believers. And what we're going to see here are some dangers of spiritual immaturity as we begin this morning. So we see some dangers of spiritual immaturity. Look with me now at verse number 11. So like I said, I kind of set it up. He's been talking about Jesus, our high priest. He says this, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, hard to be spoken, seeing ye are dull of hearing. You don't have to be a real student of the Bible to understand that the author is saying, I would like to talk a little bit more about Jesus as our high priest. But the problem is, is he's recognizing he, he knew that there was a limit to what could be absorbed. And the limit was not in the speaker, but the limit was on the listener, those that were listening. And he says here, and he, and he says to them that you are dull of hearing. So that's the first danger of spiritual immaturity that we see in this passage, is that there's a danger of being dull of spiritual hearing. The word dull here means sluggish or slow or lazy or lethargic or forgetful. The writer here is, is telling them, I have a lot to teach you, but the problem is, and I have a lot to teach you about Christ and, and the, the magnificence of Christ as our high priest, but the problem is, is that you're having a hard time really understanding it. You're lazy in your approach. You're not really focused in understanding the word of God. Now, I want to tell you something. I think you understand this, that the word of God, you cannot just go to the word of God and just open it up and start reading it and fully, fully understand it right away. I think you recognize that. That's why when people, you know, I meet somebody in the street and I, I'm, maybe I'm sharing the gospel with them or a conversation with an unsafe friend. They're like, I've read the Bible and I decided it's not for me. I, you know, I, I have a hard time believing that they truly understood what was going on there uh, because they don't have the spirit of God. And as Christians, what we recognize is as the spirit of God is developed in us and growing in us, that what happens is that we learn and we, we, we understand the Bible in a very special and a unique way. And what's so great about it is that it actually takes a little bit of work, though, and a little bit of digging, and a little bit of focus, and a little bit of thinking, and we even begin to understand the word in a more special way, even more so. And so he's saying to them is that you're dull of hearing, and he's saying you, you are hearing the words of God, you're, under, you're getting these principles that are given to you, but you're not really dialed in, you're not really focused in so that you can fully understand they were spiritually, they were complacent. They were, he says, dull. That means they were lazy. They were sluggish in their attempts to understand the scripture. They were sitting and they were listening to preachers and teachers. They were reading the scripture, but they weren't truly listening. Parents understand this so well. You know, uh, you speak to your kid, I need you to go and I need you to do this. And then three minutes later, did you do this? What are you talking about? You never asked me to say it. I just asked you three minutes ago. Well, you, you were looking me in the eye, but you didn't actually understand what, because they aren't dialed in, they aren't focused. And that's, that's sort of the idea of being dull of hearing. We're not laser beamed in and, and understanding it. And these people, their minds were wandering and they were unwilling to put the energy to concentrate and to study, and as a result, they were struggling with keeping Jesus as the center of their life. And it revealed now an aspect of their immaturity. The second one we see here in verse 12, where he says, For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. The second danger of spiritual immaturity here is that there's an inability then to share truth an inability to share truth. Look back again at the verse. Notice how it says here, ye have need that one teach you again, or sorry, the first part, for when the time ye ought to be teachers, 
Ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracle of God. See, the ability to share spiritual truth and to share the things of God is a mark of somebody who is mature. Now, we know that not all Christians have the gift of teaching. We understand that. But all of us are commanded to share what it is that God has taught us. All of us are commanded to pass down to those before uh, that come after us, to teach them. As parents, we are commanded to teach our children the things of God. And so we recognize that as being a command. But the sad truth was that these believers had been saved long enough to be the ones teaching the truth. But in fact, what we see about them is that instead of helping other people grow, they were in need of the first principles of the oracles of God. That means that's the very basic level of spirituality. They, in fact, needed that again. And this is a danger of spiritual immaturity is that you might find yourself at a place where you actually should be the one sharing the truth, but instead you're back still needing to hear the basic things because you haven't grasped them yet. You haven't, you haven't connected into it yet. And that is a danger of immaturity. Another danger that we see here is a weak spiritual diet. This is another danger that we see in this passage. Look at verse number 12 through 14. Again, he says, the time you have to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Verse 13, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. That, that's not like, oh man, the babe. Not like, you know what I'm saying? Not like in a weird way, okay? It means a baby, <laughs> just to make that clear. <laughs> like, man, if you're, if you're unskillful, you're, anyway, okay. You don't have any problem getting dates. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, this is some really, really big stuff right in here. Now, it might gross you out a little bit, but did you know that milk is pre-digested food? Think of that next time you eat your bowl of uh, Cheerios, you know? <laughs> That's why it's especially suited for babies. Now, we're privileged to have the Sousa twins here today, right? I, yeah, I'm excited about that. And we are privileged to have them in service, and they will not remember it, but guys, we're glad you're here. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that, that John, as he held those babies for the first time, if he's like me, and I know he is a little bit, thought to the time that he would finally be able to feed these guys a nice steak. Amen, yeah. I look forward to that. You know, I like feeding my kids steak. It's kind of fun to watch them chew on it, you know, and it's something that I enjoy. They don't really enjoy it as much as maybe I do. But obviously, I think you recognize the first meal out of the hospital is not, you know, at the grill, <laughs> uh, nor will it be for a while. They need that milk. It's going to be some time before they can enjoy meat. They're going to need some things like teeth, right? Uh, ability of a stronger digestive system before all of that happens. So this is the contrast that the author is trying to get to us here. He wants us to see that as believers, these believers here, before they could ever move forward in their walk with God, they needed to see that their current state of growth, that their current diet was not what it should be. That's why there's this contrast here be, be, between spiritual infants and the spiritual mature. And I think one of the things that we note here in this passage is that your skill or your ability to address life is connected to your maturity level. I want you to look again at verse number 14 there. Notice how he says here, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. That's the same word maturity that we're going to see in a moment here. He says, even those who by reason of use, so they're using, they're mature, they're using these things, they have their senses exercised to discern both good 
and evil. Here's the interesting thing is that those that are mature, those that have the meat of the word, those that are growing and, and developing are the ones that have their senses exercised or developed, the ones that discern good and evil. It means they have the ability to examine themselves and see the truth about their influences. They're able to turn away from sin that's in their life and they're able to go towards God and learn what actions and thoughts and attitudes please and glorify God. And that all sounds really good here. He's trying to help them understand that the reason they're struggling with their full commitment to Christ, why they're tempted to go back to their past and to go back to where they came from, go back to those empty ways, is because they have not made spiritual maturity, developing their inner person, uh, getting into the meat of the word as we understand that, their walk with God, they have not made that as their highest priority. Their senses are dull, they're lazy, they're not stepping into areas of leadership and mentorship because they are not mature and nor do they have, by implication, a desire to be mature. In all reality, they are stuck in infancy. Now, one of the things that we have been so I guess concerned about as a church, and we've been praying for the arrival of the twins, is that, that when they were born, that they wouldn't have to spend a lot of time in, in the NICU and, and, and all of that. And we're so thankful, man, they came home like the next day. That was great, much to their surprise. But one of the things I asked John the other day, I said, hey, how are they gaining weight? So those of you that have not had a young baby, remember you always take them in every few weeks and you want to see, I say him in because that's all I ever had was hymns, right? You go in and, and you want to see, are they growing? Are they gaining weight? And John said, yeah, they, they both gained some weight. And we go, man, that's awesome. That's a good thing, right? Because what does it show? It shows that they are developing. There's nothing sadder really or, or more hard, I guess, to, to, to see when a young baby does not develop as it should or they're struggling with food intake or struggling in their health. And it's because it's damaging to their future, and we understand that. Now, the, the parallel here is the same way in the Christian, with the Christian. If a Christian is consistently just stuck in infancy and never moving forward, it's damaging to their future if there's not a pursuit of this spiritual maturity. You know, I need to ask us today, do you identify with any of these struggles that I just mentioned here? Do you identify with any of these dangers of immaturity that we see in these early Christians? Maybe you identify with longing for your old life. Maybe some of you have even found yourself at the place where you've considered stepping away from your walk with God because it seemed like before it was just easier. Maybe for some of you, the word of God seems dull. Maybe you personally struggle to connect with God on a daily basis or on a weekly basis even. You struggle and you're like, why is this so hard for me? Why is this a challenge? Maybe you've been a, a Christian for years, but you still are not helping another Christian grow in their faith. You yourself are still saying, hey, I need someone to tell me what's going on here in the Word. I need somebody to teach me. I don't even understand what I'm, how can I teach somebody else? And you're struggling in understanding the Word, and it's been years and years and years, maybe you're struggling still with just basic areas of discernment, of, of making decisions that glorify God and pointing others to his mercy and his grace. Maybe you find yourself open to competing ideas, worldly ideas, ideas that, that really are convincing. And so you found yourself trying to connect in your faith with the opinions of the world and trying to find some way to make those things come together. Maybe that is you today. It could be if you identify in this way that you yourself might be struggling or suffering the dangers or the consequences of spiritual immaturity. And I got to tell you, you're not alone in that. You're not alone in that. Because as we see here in Hebrews 5, spiritual immaturity is a challenge that has plagued all Christians from all generations 
including the first century church. This is something that has been then and it continues all the way now. But unless we are reminded of its dangers, like these believers, what happens is that we might find ourselves slipping further and further away from God. So what is the answer to that? What can we do to make our focus what it needs to be? How can we move from immaturity to maturity? I believe the answer is found as we continue in Hebrews chapter 6 now with the goal of maturity and how we can get there. I want to look at verses 1 through 3. He says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Say that word with me, perfection. Say it with me, perfection. All right, pretty good. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Now this message here is very clear and it's very forceful. And if you're looking at the verse, you're saying, what is happening here? I'm going to explain it real quickly. This is a very clear and a very forceful message. And what it is saying is this, if you want to simplify it, he's saying, leave behind the elementary and move forward to perfection, which we know perfection when it is in scripture, we know there's one, only one who is perfect, that is God. But this word means maturity. So he says, listen, the answer here is for you to leave behind the elementary and it's time for you to move forward into maturity. Now, this does not mean, just so we understand really clearly, this does not mean that we are to forget the basic teachings of Christ. We are never to ignore or neglect or leave behind how we are saved or how we grow. But what this means is that we are to take the basic teachings of Christ we should store them up in our heart and we should build our foundation of faith upon those things. But once that foundation is understood and once that foundation is built, we build, actually build upon that. Have you ever driven uh, somewhere and seen a foundation just in a field? Have you ever noticed that? You know, and you're like, man, they must have run out of money, <laughs> right? Uh, why didn't they continue to build? They must, something must be wrong with their financing. They didn't continue to build there. And it's a sad thing because there's something that is there, but nothing is upon it. And it's just the way in the Christian life. We build a foundation on the basics. We understand faith uh, in Jesus Christ. We recognize how we are to grow. We recognize the importance of his word. But the point is, is that the foundation is there for a purpose, and that is to build something on top of it. When you build a house, you do not build it, and then like, all right, take the foundation. We'll go put it somewhere else. Absolutely not. The foundation stays. And depending on how strong you build the foundation, how big you build the foundation, that determines as well how much you can actually build. So the basics of the teaching of Christ are important, and some of these other things that are mentioned here, it's what we build our spiritual life upon, but at some point, at some point, Christian, we have to go on to maturity. Remember, they were struggling with understanding the priesthood of Christ, which is a, I believe is a very important truth that we need to understand, but I also recognize it's a deeper thing because it's teaching us about what's happening in heaven rather than what happened with Christ during his ministry here. Is teaching us about the continuing spiritual world that directly affects the physical world that we are in. And so sometimes we have a hard time connecting those two things. But because this group of people were determined or they never determined to move forward in their faith, they got stuck in this spiritually immature habit. That's why they're struggling with their pastoral religion because they had not moved on from those very basic things. The truth about the word of God is that once we have been truly saved, once we have laid that foundation of the word, then we must go on to maturity. And that phrase there, go on to, it means this. It means to bring forth. It means to see something realized. 
Have you ever had a project at work or a project at school that began as just a thought in your head and then it was realized and you experienced that? How amazing that is. Well, that's what God has for us. God has an idea. He wants you to grow and to develop. And it's up to us to put the focus down and say, all right, I want to realize that experience. I want to realize that growth. And I'm going to focus in and I'm going to put the work in to grow as a spiritual Christian. At some point, we have to decide. We have to decide that I want to be spiritually mature, that I don't want to continually just struggle with the sins and the difficulties of my immaturity, that I'm going to build up my faith, that I'm going to draw close to God, that I'm going to know his word personally, and making that in your life a personal priority, above all else, knowing that I am going to pursue Jesus Christ. And it's a determination that the individual believer must make to grow in Christ, to say This year, 2022, is going to be a year where I am going to grow in my faith. I am determined that I am going to mature as a Christian. No longer am I going to sit back and watch others grow and sit back and wait for somebody else to teach me. I am going to determine to grow in my faith in the year ahead. You say, well, how do I do that, Pastor Paul? How can we do this? Well, it happens with our spirit. It happens If we cry out like the author says there at the end, he says, and this will we do, notice, if God permit. What is he saying here? He's saying it is really all dependent upon our dependency of God. That's what it all comes back to. We cannot grow apart from the strength of the Lord working in us. We cannot truly understand his word and develop as we should without his Holy Spirit's work. And, 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 and our very breath and our life and our understanding and our strength and our determination to keep on growing is vastly dependent on God. And we say, this is going to happen if we will do, this will we do if God is in it. That's why John said in John three twenty seven that a man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. And church, we need to determine, and I mean strongly determine, to go on to perfection. We must grow. We must mature in Christ. But we must have God's presence and his power to do it. At that point, we'll be able to understand and have the strength that we need to move forward and live for him. So the simple challenge for us as a church in 2022 is this. Go on to maturity. Christian, see spiritual (laughs) maturity realized in your life. Would you start the path? Would you put yourself, would you focus your mind and your heart? And would you go forward? Would you get beyond the basics? Would you dig deep uh, into the word of God? And I'm not just talking about our worship services, meaning that you come and you're ready to hear on Sundays. I mean, personally, listen, true spiritual growth happens in the other 166 hours a week outside of our Sundays and Wednesdays. That's when real spiritual growth happens. And so you need to seize the 166. You need to uh, make that your, you're obviously sleeping, I get that. But you know, you need to seize what you need to seize and go after and start to grow and and say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn. I'm going to devote myself to Christ of his word. And I'm going to also put into practice, I'm going to apply what it is that I'm learning. I'm afraid that for some Christians, you've never made spiritual growth a priority. But I want to make it clear to us today, there is no higher pursuit in this life than to pursue God and to make him known through your pursuit and knowledge of him. I believe that the pursuit of spiritual maturity is the simplest and best way to live the fulfilled life that God promised to us. But you have to determine to take this admonition to heart. 
And I, I really believe, church, that 2022 can be our greatest year as a church. And I'm excited about the things I'm going to share with you in a few minutes. I'm excited about what we have in the future and some things that we're planning on doing. But I got to tell you, unless it comes back to us individually committing and saying, I want to grow. I want to be mature. I want to know God like never before. It will not be realized. The amazing thing is that we have help. We have a great church leadership here that wants to help you grow. And you might say, well, pastor, I'm newly saved and I'm just learning the basics. Hey, commit yourself to the basics. Build that foundation strong. Build it wide. Build it deep. But I'm afraid that for many of us, and I'm going to put myself in this position as well, church family, sometimes we neglect a pursuit or a mindset of, I want to grow spiritually. And I'll tell you, this is, this is born more out of what God has done in me personally than anything else. That I don't want to be where I am today next year at this time. I want to see some victory in my life. I want to, see, I want to overcome some things. I want to be able to live in this world, but not of this world. I want to be able to suffer as a stranger and a pilgrim, but with joy, as we've been preaching about in 1 Peter. That's what I want. But unless I put my nose to it, unless I focus in on it, unless I determine in my heart, I'm going to grow. I'm going to mature as a Christian this year. And that's the great thing. It doesn't matter where you are as a believer. You could be saved three days or 30 years. We can all mature. We can all develop. We can all grow. And it starts with us just saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to determine in my heart, God, with your help, that I'm going to grow and I'm going to mature in this year ahead. And I promise you this, if we as a church family collectively gather around that principle and, and just make spiritual growth the goal. Forget everything else, okay? Forget any other, any other kind of things that we might want to accomplish or events that we're going to do or, or the idea of, you know, we want to fill this building up or whatever, all of these things that we talk about. If spiritual growth isn't at the heart of it, it's all for nothing. It's all for nothing because as believers, Christ must be our pursuit. He must be the one that we are going after, it's really simple. Will you commit to making 2022 a year of spiritual maturity? Well, we do want to thank you so much for tuning into the message today. And if it's been a help and encouragement to you in any way, uh, we would ask that you share the podcast. You can easily do that on either social media or maybe just uh, text the link to a friend. But like I said, it's our mission to help others find and follow Jesus here in Vancouver, uh, all across Canada and even around the world. And so you sharing the message today can really contribute towards that. Also, we would love for you to make a connection with us if you haven't already. And so the two best ways to do that is either by liking our Facebook page, that's City Baptist Church, or following our Instagram account, Advanced City Baptist. And of course, you can check out our website at citybaptist.ca. We do have all of our past sermon series on there available for you to stream, uh, past services, uh, worship, and just lots of other content and resources there to encourage you and strengthen you in your walk with God. But once again, thank you so much for tuning in today. We are looking forward to next week's message. We love you, we're praying for you, and we're here for you.